I love oversaturated markets because that tells you there's a huge opportunity. And your goal is, well, how do you separate yourself from the crowd? And that's, that's why I spent the past two years putting this information into the Hookpoint book. But for me, for, from my perspective, is mastering the art of the thumbnail and headline. That's the first place that I start. Now, obviously, does the content have to back it up and be good? Yes. But if you can't master the way to get somebody to click or to pay attention out of the, and I don't know how many are on the, the right-hand side for suggested video, whether it's five or 10, if you can't stack up against that and contextualize your headline and thumbnail in, in such a way where the consumer or the viewer says, I have to click on this. I have to see what this is about. It's going to be an even tougher battle. Welcome to the Think Marketing Podcast, where we help you grow your influence with YouTube and then take that influence and turn it into a high impact and high profit online business. My name is Heather Torres, and I'm excited that you're here. If you're new here, consider subscribing wherever you're consuming this content. We bring you a brand new episode every single Tuesday. We call it hashtag Tuesday Ritual, and we'd love for you to be a part of our community here. Well, today's conversation is actually part of our series all about the books you need to be reading this year. We already did the podcast of the five books every content creator and YouTuber should read this year. And I'm excited because Sean is going to be interviewing one of the authors of one of those books. Now, we are going in depth all about hook points. And you might be wondering, hook points, what is that and why is it important as a content creator? Well, Sean will be sitting down with the author, interviewing him all about how this applies to you as a content creator so that you can grab attention, get views, and grow your channel. Well, let's dive into today's featured conversation. Welcome back to the Think Marketing Podcast. Sean Cannell here, and I'm so fired up because today I've got the author of Hook Point, Brendan Kane, joining the show. This is one of my top recommended books of 2020. I think it's a must-read book for all entrepreneurs, business owners, and especially content creators and YouTube creators going into 2021. Brendan, how's it going? It's going awesome. Thanks uh, for having me, Sean. It's a pleasure to connect with you and everybody that's listening and watching this. For sure. Thanks so much for uh, jumping on the podcast. And I'm excited for the value today. You know, we teach all the time that you got to get people's attention before they can even watch your content. You have to have a powerful title. You have to have a powerful thumbnail. You have to have a powerful opening to your video. And I'm excited for you to break down some strategies from your book, Hook Point. And of course, we'll link it up in the show notes um, and uh, description. And this is a must pick up book. Um, but before we dive into it, like what are kind of the big picture challenges that business owners, entrepreneurs and creators are facing going into 2021? And basically why this book and why now? Yeah, great question. So as you know, Sean, better than anybody, the world has completely changed and it's completely shifted. The world that we live in today looks like that there's over 60 billion messages sent out on digital platforms each day between email, push notifications, social media content. It's a very noisy and oversaturated world. And because of that, the world that we live in today, you're no longer competing against your direct competition you're competing against everybody. Like it or not, you're competing against Netflix. You're competing against Kevin Hart, The Rock, Kim Kardashian, all of these people. So as we go into 2021, it's you've got to look at content from that perspective. 
is how can my content stack up or, or win that attention against every other piece that's being published? And that's where a hook point comes in. We talk a lot about pattern interruption is if you're on YouTube or Instagram or any of these social platforms and they just watch Kevin Hart tell a joke or they watch Joe Rogan's podcast or they watch Kim Kardashian talk about fashion and then your content's there. How are you going to get somebody to stop? Just stop and say, listen, I want to dig in further. I want to see what this is all about. That's crazy. It feels a little bit overwhelming. And you even put it in the subtitle, how to stand out in a three second world. Like how do we get people to stop? And what can where'd you come up with three seconds from? Yeah. So I came up with three seconds based upon when a view is counted. So if you remember way back in the day, I don't even remember how long ago, this is, must be like six or seven years ago, but on the Facebook advertising platform, advertisers used to get charged at the one second mark. And advertisers were up in arms about it because they're like, well, that shows no intent. It's like people could scroll past, not even see any part of the video, and you're still counting it as a view. So everybody really shifted to this concept of registering a view at at least three seconds. So that's where we came up with this three-second mark. And a lot of the metrics that we look at, uh, specifically when we're focusing on going viral on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or LinkedIn, we look at the ratio between uh, views to reach. Because again, reach doesn't necessarily mean you're generating a view. So we look at that ratio on those platforms and we're aiming for a bare minimum of 30%. Uh, 40% is our target goal and anything over 40%, the algorithms are gonna love you and give you more reach. Now on YouTube, as you know, Sean, it's, it's different. Uh, you're going after that click-through. So you're looking at that click-through percentage and that counts as, are you capturing somebody in less than three seconds where it correlates to that click on your thumbnail and headline for suggested videos? And if it doesn't generate that click, obviously you're not getting anybody into the videos and the algorithms are not gonna favor it and give you more reach and distribution. And for somebody that lots of, if they listen to a marketing podcast, if they watch different people teaching on how to break through on social media, the word algorithms is thrown around all the time. Yeah. If you were gonna try to break down algorithms simply um, to how they work today as we know it in kind of layman's term so that we can be best positioned to manipulate or win with the algorithms, how would you explain it? Yeah, and, and that's, that's a great point because there's so much misconception, there's so much misinformation about it. The way that I treat and look at algorithms is they just have a job. And you got to understand what that job is to understand how to play to it. So the algorithm's job is to keep people on the platform as long as possible, because that's how these platforms make money. So what the algorithm's there to do is to prioritize and find the content that is going to keep each individual user on the platforms longer. So let's imagine that we open up YouTube there's probably a thousand videos it could seed to you based upon your search, what you've searched before, based upon the channels you've subscribed to, based upon the videos that you watched previously. So with all of that content, it could potentially seed to this specific individual. Well, it's got to prioritize. What are the top 10, 15 pieces of content that I believe is going to keep this specific user on the platform longer? So when we design content for the algorithms, it comes down to two things. It's very simple, two things. One, do you get somebody to stop? 
on on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn? Do you get somebody to stop the scroll and that view to reach ratio I talked about? On YouTube, is does it generate the click? And then once we have the attention, it goes to the second thing, is how long do you hold that attention for? If you can, one, get somebody to click or to stop the scroll, and two, hold their attention for a long period of time, the algorithms will love you and they'll give you massive reach and massive distribution. And that's really how content creators can go viral in the world that we live in today. So powerful and enter your book hook point. So that's our goal. How do we get people to stop? And then how do we get people to stay? So what exactly is a hook point then? And what are kind of the basic elements? Yeah. So a hook point has three core pillars to it. And at the highest level, a hook point is solving for this is grabbing attention. So the first core pillar is that pattern interrupt. How do we get somebody to just stop and pay attention to us? It's not about expressing everything that we're about. It's just how do we grab that attention and that first one to three seconds so that we have the right to earn that click. We have that right to stop that scroll, which goes into the second core pillar which what is the story that you're going to tell? Now that you have the attention, how are you going to hold it? Now, this is a big difference. Some people may be saying, well, is this clickbait? Well, the big difference between clickbait is the story typically doesn't match up to the way that you grabbed that attention. So that's the second core pillar. What is the story? How long can we hold that attention for? And then the third core pillar is, do people believe what we're saying? Do they trust it? So if we look at those three core pillars together, without that pattern interruption, without that getting them to stop, you never get to the story. If you get people to stop and click, but your story or content's not good and you don't retain it, it falls apart. Now, if you grab attention and you tell a compelling story, but people don't believe it, they don't trust it, then it falls apart. So all three of these have to play together in order to create a successful hook point and really stand out in today's world. And what's one of your favorite illustrations or a story that illustrates a well-executed hook point? Well, there's so many. I mean, we had, uh, I'll give you an example of, we talk about subverting expectations of the book. So we did a video on social in, in all caps that said, warning, safety is dangerous. So what we did is we flipped that misconception on the head to grab people's attention. Now, if we wanna talk about the YouTube ecosystem, some of the best content creators are masters at hook points. Mr. Beast, by far one of the smartest guys in terms of those hook points. Yes Theory, another great channel that focuses on a topic of seeking discomfort, but they do it in such a way with hooks and compelling ways to bring people into the attention. We wanna talk about the biggest podcasts in the world, Joe Rogan, you look at his clips channel, they are masters at finding hooks within the interviews that they do. So powerful. And for somebody that's like, okay, so I get the hook point and I'm going to pick up the book so I can dive deeper into the elements and master these. Um, but there's something that as business owners and content creators, we also eventually will come across 
of like things we need. What is our USP? If you're a business owner, what's your unique selling position? Then also like, what's your tagline? Like I say, I help people build their influence with YouTube. Um, and then make, how are you different in the market? Or then also what's your mission? Like the mission of our company is to help 10,000 purpose-driven people create a full-time living, doing what they love while making a difference in the world with YouTube a little bit longer. And I took longer than three seconds to say that. And, and so you have like these different pieces, wh wh where do each of these pieces kind of fall in place and how are they different or are they different than the hook point? Yeah. So sometimes your mission statement or your tagline or your USP can be hook points. Now, most of the time, that's not the case. But I'll give you an example is like Instacart, groceries delivered in less than an hour. That is their USP, but it is also their hook point. But most of the time, it's not falling into that. I really look at the hook point as a way to get people into your brand, get them into your tagline, get them into your mission statement. And companies, content creators, brands, they can all have multiple hook points into their service. So to give you an example of that, you look at Netflix. And Netflix today invests over $17 billion uh, in content every single year. Why? Because each one of those pieces of content is a hook point into their brand, into their subscription. And the same goes for a content creator, a YouTube content creator, and, and the brand that you built, Sean, so amazingly, is each one of your videos serves as a hook point into your ecosystem where they can dive deeper into your tagline or your mission statement. And I think people oftentimes get that mixed up, is there can be multiple hooks into your brand, and then you get them into those other elements. Yeah, and to me, that sounds... In a way, the way I've been thinking about Hookpoint, especially loving the book, just devouring it, marking every page, sharing it with our team, having them read it. And again, recommend it's in our top five books to read this year to grow on YouTube. And I really feel like it's a critical tool, especially if you want to crack through on YouTube. But it's just kind of a modern skill set. I feel like if you're going to be a modern entrepreneur, a modern small business owner, you're trying to get attention. You're trying to stand out. You're trying to get noticed. And it kind of reminds me a lot about copywriting, like writing persuasive marketing copy. Like what's the point of the email subject uh, line just to get someone to open the email? What's the point of the first word to get someone to read the second word? What's the point of the second word just to get someone to read the third world word? And the mistake is that, well, the point of the first word or the email subject line is to get one, somebody to read the whole email. You, you jump too far ahead there. You actually just always need that next step. And so if you short of, it's kind of like dating, right? If you, if you, spill everything all at once. It's like, yo, this is speed dating. I'm just meeting you. It's the first night. Like let the story unfold. So am I correct to think that with a hook point, we're trying to get attention, maybe even with one sub demo, sub niche, sub target audience, get their attention. Now we're communicating. The story can unfold a little more, but we don't need to unpack our whole life story in that moment because ideally there's going to be a customer journey on our YouTube channel and one video might just be the start of a relationship. How do you think about hook points in terms of people kind of building out their entire customer journey? Uh, yeah. I mean, you eloquently put it, it's, it's earning the right to the next part of the conversation. And, and, and you hit it on the head is most people where they struggle or why they're failing is they jump to in. So it's like that analogy you said on the date is they're proposing on the first date or they're revealing all their deepest, darkest secrets or desires on that first date where you have to essentially earn the right 
to bring that in. And also, you, know, you, you brought up some other good points is when we look at hook points, it can be many different things. Like it could be a visual in terms of an image with no words. It can be words. Sometimes when we're developing hook points for clients, it's a strategy. It's a business development strategy of how do we how do we acquire the attention of this one CEO that if we close, it represents $50 million in deals. Or how do we grab the attention of this celebrity to endorse our product or to partner us with us? Also, there's it can be a performance like Prince EA, who wrote the the forward for my first book, one of the top um, inspirational video creators on the planet, his hook is his performance. You know, he has like, he has one video on the environment that has over 110 million views. And he's not saying anything different than anybody else in the environmental space. It's the way that he contextualized the performance to hook people into him and into his brand. So, so many people think about a hook, oh, it's just copy. Yes, copy is one part of it, but it can be so many different elements. It could be your product yourself. Like we talk about Elon Musk and Tesla and what he did with the Cybertruck and the way that he designed it to create this polarized reaction. Is it beautiful? Is it ugly? And he designed that on purpose as a hook into the Tesla brand and to generate record-setting pre-orders for, for that truck. Man, powerful examples. Well, for a YouTube creator, especially going into 2021, um, it feels overwhelming. Is it too crowded? It's hard to stand out. Yet we see in our brand and with the students we help and the viewers and people in our community, there are those breakout videos. You really always one breakout video, your one breakout piece of content. It may eventually be a couple. Sometimes a viral video doesn't change your life. It gives you kind of 15 minutes and then you still got to get back to the grind. But what kind of advice would you give for applying hook points specifically in a YouTube world? And for somebody that feels like it's an uphill battle, David versus Goliath, with how much content there is out there on YouTube, if somebody wanted to get their brand, their videos, their business noticed. Yeah. Is it an uphill battle? Yes. But to me, I love oversaturated markets because that tells you there's a huge opportunity and your goal is, well, how do you separate yourself from the crowd? And that's, that's why I spent the past two years putting this information to the hook point book. But for me, for, from my perspective is mastering the art of the thumbnail and headline. That's the first place that I start. Now, obviously does the content have to back it up and be good? Yes. But if you can't master the way to get somebody to click or to pay attention out of the, and I don't know how many are on the the right-hand side for suggested video, whether it's five or 10, if you can't stack up against that and contextualize your headline and thumbnail in, in such a way where the consumer or the viewer says, I have to click on this. I have to see what this is about. It's going to be an even tougher battle. So where I would start is really study the master, study Mr. Beast, Yes Theory, Ryan Sirhand, and Sean, study your channels as well and look at how they're positioning it. But when we look at channels, especially the high performers, we don't just look at the, the highest performing content on their channel. We look at their lowest performing as well. And we see, well, why is this at the high performing working, but their lowest performing videos? What's the difference there? Was it in the thumbnail? Was it in the headline? Was it the way that they tried to build retention? 
and become a student of that first because it will help you shape the rest of the content that you produce. It's like when I start with a book or I start uh, crafting a keynote or even with a social video, I'm always starting with the hook of how I'm going to get somebody to stop. And then I design the content around that hook. Powerful. Um, if we want to get into just maybe a few triggers and the book is packed full of some like frameworks that could get us thinking if it's like, okay, I want to get attention. I want to start with the hook. Yeah. What are some starting points for listeners? Um, you mentioned one, which was subverting expectations. One of the examples I love in the book as well was you were promoting some kind of a meditation thing and you were talking about meditation doesn't work. It's kind of going the opposite, but then when in fact you were like just coming from a different perspective, what are maybe just a handful if I still feel like, okay, I want to have a, a more powerful hook next time you get me started. And then I'll kind of like put my niche into these uh, frames of starting a hook point. Absolutely. Uh, so let me complete that meditation example that you brought up. Cause I think it's a great one is if I was going to subvert expectations. And again, it's flipping it on its head is I have to look at meditation. And this is a big problem that most people run into when they're creating content is they're saying the same thing in the same way as everybody else. So meditation has been around for thousands of years. If you type it into Google, there's going to be billions of results. And people will say the same thing. Well, meditation is the key to success or meditation is the key to stillness or contentment or happiness. The minute I see that, I already know what it's going to be about. Even if you have a unique spin on it, I just look at it. And from my micro attention mind here, I'm going to say, well, I already know what this is about. So I don't need to watch it. So subverting expectations is one great tool of doing that. So when we talk about meditation, I may create an ad or an organic piece of content that says uh, at the top or the thumbnail or headline, meditation is a scam. And then I'll dive in and say, hey, have you ever felt like meditation is a scam or it just hasn't worked for you? Well, I feel your pain because when I first started meditating, I tried everything. People were telling me I had to sit down and clear my head. And every time I sat down, my mind would race and I thought, Am I doing something wrong? Is meditation broken? Or even worse, is meditation a scam? So today I want to show you three tips of me as a non-meditator that allowed me to meditate every day for the past 10 years. So let's dive in. So that's one tactic and tool. Another one uh, that my friend uh, Craig Clemens, one of the top copywriters in the world that sold over a billion dollars of the products we interviewed for the book, he says something really brilliant. He says, the minute that you can articulate somebody's greatest pain point, somebody's greatest anxiety better than they can articulate it to themselves, you're going to win that trust. You're going to win that attention. So oftentimes when I'm working with clients, I ask them, what is keeping your core audience up at night? What is consciously, what are they thinking about? Not subconsciously what you think they need, but what is it that they want? and tap into that, which leads to another uh, aspect that I walk people through is, especially really brilliant and successful people struggle this, is you gotta understand that there's a big difference between what people need and what people want. And most people are starting with what people need and the viewer or the consumer is just not there yet, where you gotta you know, tap into the want. So to give you an example of that with my first book, 1 Million Followers, How I Built a Massive Social Audience in 30 Days, I was tapping into what people want. 
which is followers. They want social growth. But what I know what they need, they need to know how to test content. They need to understand a hook point. They need to understand strategic partnerships and alliances. They need to understand how to create shareable content. But if I led with that, it would fall flat. So oftentimes if you're a content creator, really make that distinction for yourself. If I Am I promoting something that, that, that somebody really needs that I believe they need? And are they even there yet? Or do I need to start with something that they want in life? And yes, theory is a perfect example of that, of seeking discomfort. People are not walking around or searching Google saying, I'm seeking discomfort. So they wrap that contextually with great hooks, like taking a, a first Tinder date around the world, you know, becoming Superman with Wim, Wim Hof, the Iceman. I don't know if that's the exact title, but look at YouTube's uh, or look at Yes Theory's YouTube channel and you can see how they took something that they knew the world needs, but they don't lead with it. They wrap it in what people want, which is fun, feeling, facts, interesting things. Man, brilliant. Make the smart move and pick up the book, uh, Hook Point. Literally one of my favorite books, especially in a YouTube creator type of world. And that is in the show notes, of course. And uh, consume it, mark it up. There's so many powerful tactics. I want to thank you for writing the book. And, um, you know, all even the book itself was rec- recommended to me on Amazon. The title, something that I've studied for years, uh, grabbed me. The subtitle, grabbed me and we call that at think media and i'm sure somebody else said it uh the chocolate covered carrot it's the chocolate man i want to get the attention in three seconds well the carrot is the vegetables the nutrition there's the thing i actually want is the easy way to get attention but what i need is the strategy and the thought process and the a b testing and all the you know if you said how how to do tedious a b testing In order to build a business, you'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to see that one. So uh, I love the fact of uh, just how powerful the book is and do want to recommend everyone to pick it up. Um, Tell me about how people can connect with you. And um, you also have an agency. So what are you up to and how are you helping people? Yeah, so we're dedicating uh, all of our time to helping people develop hook points. Like when we talk about thumbnails and headlines, we feel that everybody needs a thumbnail and headline for their business, for their brand, for their product, their service. And again, we've worked with startups. We've worked with billion dollar corporations. We've worked with major celebrities. And the one thing that reoccurring theme across them is they're all struggling in this new world that we live in to conceptualize what they do, what their genius is in a very succinct and eye catching way so they can win the first part of the conversation. So we created a consulting firm called Hookpoint. At, you can go to hookpoint.com where we help people actually develop these hook points, help them stand out, whether it's online or offline. Yes, we have a lot of success with social media, but we will also have tremendous success doing B2B, doing closing major partnerships and, and strategic licensing deals and, and all of that. So we use our 15 years of experience in this space to help and guide the strategy of how to capitalize on attention to drive your business goals going forward. So people can check out hookpoint.com. And if you want to check out the Hookpoint book, I recommend going to book.hookpoint.com because you get a free masterclass with it. Uh, but people can reach out to me directly on Instagram at Brendan Kane or email me at bkane at brendanjkane.com as well. 
Brendan Kane, the book is Hook Point. I appreciate you so much for coming on and adding so much value to the Think Marketing podcast today. And uh, looking forward to connecting in the future and all the different work you're putting out into the world. I appreciate it and grateful for you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thanks to everybody for listening to this. I really appreciate it. Well, I hope you are as fired up as I am to dive deeper into this book. I will admit I'm only four chapters in, but I am marked it up like crazy. This book to me has been so impactful in just understanding how to grab attention. You know, when I was reviewing this interview with uh, my son, he was telling me about the titles and the thumbnails that he likes to click on when he's on YouTube. And it just inspired me to know that it doesn't matter what type of content you're creating, this applies to you. And it is. It's all about attention. And remember, as a content creator, one of the most underutilized parts of your uh, YouTube channel is probably your analytics. This is where you can dive into and you can see more and more about what is working on your channel. Rather than just throwing up the next video, why don't you take some time today, tomorrow, or this week to dive into what is working, what videos are blowing up and why. And I love how Brendan said, what videos aren't working and why. I think it's important as content creators that we take the time to really assess, or we we call it here at Think Media, zero base our content. You might be emotionally attached to the content you're creating and think that your art is wonderful, but if people are not connecting with it on the other side of their screens, if they're not clicking through, if they're not actually consuming your content, well then I think it's good to take a sober evaluation of what really is working. Look at your competitors, look at other people on YouTube that you want to be like, that you want to emulate and see what videos are working for them. I think that also, you know, YouTube takes time. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And when you just start out on YouTube, it may feel discouraging. Like, what? when's it gonna break through? When am I gonna pop off? When can I get to 100,000, a million subscribers? When does that happen? This is a process, and that process is a whole cyclical piece that we teach here at Think Media in our seven-step system. And if you've not already taken the masterclass where you learn the secrets to success on YouTube, then I actually recommend that that be your next step after this podcast. Go over and register for our free YouTube class where we give you the tools that you need to be successful on YouTube this year. You can go to thinkmasterclass.com to register for that one-hour free class where we're gonna help you jumpstart your channel, where we're gonna help you go deeper if you are already started, and where we're gonna help give you some gasoline to the fire of the YouTube channel that you want to grow. And again, that's at thinkmasterclass.com. Also, if you have not already left a review on our podcast, that would mean the world to me for you to do that. All you need to do is go to Apple iTunes. If you're listening to it right now on the app, just leave a review, rate the podcast, and that helps other creators just like you discover this podcast. And I love to read the different uh, reviews that are on the podcast. And this one comes from JJ Peller. And JJ says, amazingly high value. I'm obsessed. Hey, JJ. I'm obsessed too. Uh, I've listened to five episodes in the past three days. So much value. Thank you for sharing such amazing ideas and insights and strategies to help me restart 
uh, to help me restart fast with YouTube as I relaunch my channel in 2021. Joyfully, JJ Peller. JJ, I just wanna encourage you to keep going. We've got a whole library of content here on the podcast. And then we also have the Think Media channel to help you grow with the tech and the gear and all the things that you need to make amazing videos. And thank you so much, JJ, for being a part of our community and for listening in. And I can't wait to see what happens to your channel in 2021. Well, thank you so much for being here for this episode. It means the world to us that you give us your time. And I can't wait for you to hear the next episode. But if you haven't, make sure you check out the masterclass at thinkmasterclass.com and we'll catch it in the next episode.